You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Oh, hi, hello there. This is Dorothy Frog, and we're here on the Oz Network today to talk about 1992 classic, A Muppet Christmas Carol! Yeah! <laughs> and my name is Colin, and thank you for the intro, Kermit the Frog. And my name is Jamie. God bless us, everyone! <laughs> And my name is Ben, and wait a minute, you're not Charles Dickens. <laughs> um, so thank you for suggesting this movie, Jamie. This is Jamie's choice, uh, as we covered in past episodes. Ben and I put together a great month of <laughs> tough guy Christmas movies, and then Mallory and Jamie got upset. <laughs> you, you, you mean lame movies. <laughs> hey, if you, if you watch Santa's sleigh... You'd be regretting not picking that as your choice. Exactly. Uh, but <laughs> we do get to talk about uh, the most adapted story in the history of movies, I believe. Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. And uh, isn't it appropriate that the first one we pick is the one starring a bunch of felt puppets? <laughs> uh, we're doing The Muppet Christmas Carol from 1992. A movie that it, it's weird for, for something that really came out had... No buzz at all. Um, the, the Muppets hadn't really been around for a while. It kind of flopped at the box office. It's developed this huge following, not just among Muppet fans, but other fans, where every single year when I'll see like these polls of what's the greatest adaptation of A Christmas Carol ever, this movie comes up. And yes. It, it, you're excited about that. Me, not as much. Um, I'm not, <laughs> not going to say I dislike this movie. I guess just going back. Colin, I, don't poop on my dreams. Well, the, okay, here's the thing. <laughs> I I liked the Muppets growing up. I didn't love the Muppets growing up, but I do remember liking the Muppets. When I got older, I grew to love the Muppets. Like I think that there's so much that you get as an adult you didn't get as a kid. At least with like the classic Muppets TV show, um, with like the early Muppet movies and everything. But I remember when this movie came out when I was a kid really wanting to see it. Like really wanting to see it. And I don't think I saw it for a couple of years until it was on TV or whatever. And I think I mentioned it last week, but I mean, I have very little memory of this. It's something where it pops up on TV and I watch it and I've seen it many times, but it's probably been years since I have seen it. Um, I didn't mind it, but having said that, like Jamie knows, like I'm a huge fan of the Christmas Carol story. I've seen almost every movie that's ever been made about it. I read the book pretty much every single year and I thought this was an okay version. Am I talking next or is Jamie? We didn't sure, really establish Sure, let's establish, let's establish order. Yeah. <laughs> me, 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 Colin, me, me, Colin, me, me. Colin motioned with me to his finger. He's like, shut up. No, that was just... That was just... <laughs> How did you get pregnant? Um, Yeah, look, I watched this a lot growing up. I remember it was kind of a movie my mum and I would always watch, but I hadn't actually seen this movie in a long time. And I think my growing up tradition of watching this at Christmas was taken over by my, you know, older tradition of watching Santa Claus at Christmas instead. So, I mean, I on, I tried to think last week when the last time I would have seen this movie was, and I, I would have surely been over a decade, um, because I actually didn't remember this movie as much as I thought I did, and I maybe don't like this movie as much as I thought I did. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's not terrible. It's not uh, Santa with muscles. But it's also not Santa's sleigh either. So, um, I, and look, I don't really have a huge history of the Muppets. I think maybe I just passed that, 
uh, you know, maybe a little bit too young to really appreciate Muppets Mania or whatever you want to call it. I watched Sesame Street. Um, that they're sort of Muppets. It's kind of like calling a potato a vegetable. I mean, technically it is, but other people say it's not. Um, so yeah, I, I haven't gone out of my way to see a lot more Muppet things, but yeah, I, I have to ask a lot of questions about this world that this, you know, is that Muppets and humans coexist. Cause particularly Mallory, who sadly can't be with us here today, she's got me to pose a lot of questions, which I think are very good questions about the world of Muppets. We'll get to that. Um, and a Christmas Carol itself, well, you said you read the book every year. I don't know what a book is. Um, but. <laughs> I mean, I know the story. I like when you have, particularly TV shows will do a random episode based on the, this story. I think it's kind of clever. And I always like that, you know, ghost of Christmas past, present and to come story. I think it's clever. So maybe one day I'll read a book and see if this book is, you know, does it have Muppets? Does Charles Dickens write about the Muppets? Is this based on source material? Yeah, they're all in the original Charles Dickens. Thought so. Um, this movie actually was one that I watched all year long, so it wasn't just a Christmas movie for me, although it has a special feeling that makes me feel warm and Christmassy when I watch it when it is around this time of the year. And that's how you got pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, though, like, this movie, when I was a kid, I would probably watch it at least 12 times a year, if not more. (laughs) What? Uh, Once a month? Yeah, I'm not joking. Like, I love this movie so much. It's one of my favorite movies. And actually, it's so funny because I never really caught on to this. But in the opening of the movie where um, it introduces Gonzo there and, well, Mr. Dickens and uh, Rizzo. Rizzo is just, uh, you know, always eating throughout the movie. I find that hilarious. And he's always just there for the food. And I said, that's totally me. I'm Rizzo. I was just about to say, how come every time there's a movie where somebody is constantly eating, they're your favorite character? <laughs> well, he's he's actually not my favorite character. Because there's no um, one shirtless you know, in this movie. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, I wasn't really thinking about that when I was five years old, but it did start oh, early. Oh, don't lie. You know you <laughs> well, Keanu Reeves kind of always had a thing for yeah. him, but, and that started before I was a teenager. Point Break was, uh, you were under five when that one came out. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, like he he's in the newest uh, Toy Story, and if he was in a movie, <laughs> wait, <laughs> imagine yeah. the name Keanu Reeves, and Jamie has automatically changed this episode to Keanu Reeves. Wait, Keanu Reeves is in the it, new Toy Story? Is this actually true? Yes. What? Yeah. <laughs> and and if, he, if he was in like a, a childhood movie when like I was a kid, I would be like, oh. <laughs> I, that's actually the same noise Keanu Reeves makes Whoa. every time when he's playing serious. <laughs> that's all um, his character is going to say in Toy Story Four. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. But this movie is awesome, though. Like, it's it's hard to, you know, you have to put um, your favorite characters, you have to put them in boxes because, really, Michael Caine is amazing in this role, and I don't know how anybody could not love him because he's so great at being mean and he's so believable with it. And then at the end, it's just, you could tell the guy is so redeemed. Like, he's so genuine with it. This guy is amazing. I love him. But actually, one of my favorite characters in the whole movie is the ghost of Christmas present. <laughs> that's not that's Ben's uh, I, profile pick right now. His, his favorite Hagrid. Again, that's that's the guy that shows up with all the food, though. So <laughs> you're already seeing a recurring theme here. Would you like to see him um, shirtless? Yeah. <laughs> hey, that might be hot. <laughs> She's not joking, people. Give, uh. give me a lap dance, big Muppet Daddy. 
Wow. I, wonder what his dick, I wonder what his dick looks like. Oh, come on! Buried underneath all the rules. a children's Christmas movie and after the line, I wonder what his dick looks like. Oh, it guy only, only took like ten minutes. And it wasn't the for me! Only, <laughs> the guy only has so long on Earth, he has to make his time count. <laughs> spend all his time on this bloody miserable guy who has no life to live like how sad is it that at the end of this movie like not not just this movie but this story you know you feel oh this is so great you know he's redeemed and everything but then you have to think too and i'm mentioning this because of the ghost of christmas present with him wasting his time with scrooge but <laughs> then you think about it and scrooge probably only has like 10 or 15 years to live after this guy's wasted his whole life being miserable my, my, my biggest my biggest thing about this whole movie is that essentially, um, if Scrooge doesn't uh, decide to turn happy, he murders Tiny Tim. So Tiny Tim's life yes. is essentially based purely on Scrooge making a Christmas Eve decision. So, you know, lucky for Tiny Tim, he chose the right path. <laughs> But I am glad that you brought up Michael Caine, though, because that's the one thing I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with Ben. I don't really love this movie as much as I should. Stop it. You, she literally hit me in the back of the head mid-sentence there. Uh, but Michael Caine... Domestic like, violence, how- Jamie. No. <laughs> Not funny. That's what happens. Hashtag me too. Yeah, hashtag me too. Don't blame the pregnancy thing on this one, Jamie. Uh, but anyways, Michael Caine... Like, you can't deny how good he is. And as much as it does bother me when people say, like, this is the greatest version of A Christmas Carol, I I can't be bothered by people saying Michael Caine's one of the greatest Scrooges, because he really is. And even just going back to how he was cast in the movie, because I would say as much as this is called, like, a Muppets Christmas Carol, and it is, I guess, a Muppet movie, not a single one of the Muppets has any significant screen time outside of Gonzo. Like, this is a Michael Caine movie where he's just surrounded by Muppets. And he went into this movie saying he wanted to play it straight. He would look directly in the eyes of a felt puppet and deliver the lines the same as he would as if he was acting like, you know, with the Royal Shakespeare Company. Well, it was like how you mentioned with with Luke and stuff like that and his brilliant acting, just having to act uh, next, Luke? To, next to Yoda. What? Okay, context. Yeah. Mark Hamill. <laughs> you you yeah. said how impressed you were with him. Well, yeah, that, no, that's a good point. That like people don't always give Mark Hamill enough credit as an actor for what he was able to do in Empire Strikes Back, where he spends seventy-five percent of his version of the movie acting opposite a puppet, and the performance he gives is great. Now, I mean, Mark Hamill and Michael Caine, like they're on two completely different levels. Uh, maybe not. Mike, Michael Caine and Mark Hamill are both brilliant. But, uh, I mean, Michael Caine, Academy Award winner. Uh, and I would honestly say, like, this is one of his best performances. And the fact that he's doing it opposite Muppets should make it more impressive. Well, funnily enough, just to jump in here, um, I, I also read in a lot of interviews recently that both Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman, uh, sorry, uh, Hugh McGregor and Natalie Portman, both said they acted opposite a Muppet during the Star Wars prequels. <laughs> so, um, and that also, of course, brings me to this week's It's Courts, It's Rough, It Gets Everywhere uh, <laughs> quote of the episode. You're welcome. Um, yeah, Michael Caine's brilliant. I think that's what I always remember the most about this movie is Michael Caine. And probably my first introduction to Michael Caine, um, when I felt, saw this movie, maybe this or Jaws of Revenge. Hmm, what would I take? <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> one which one Michael Caine likes to think about the most in terms of esteemed movies. Definitely Jaws of Revenge. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it is really fun to watch him in this movie. And the guy is just, I mean, who doesn't like Michael Caine? You know, he is the Tom Hanks of older actors. Um, I mean, Tom Hanks is exactly young anymore either, but like everyone likes Michael Caine, right? Like, come on, can we just do a quick worldwide poll right now? Go get Shania out of the kitchen. Everybody, quick. We all like Michael Caine, right? Jamie, how big is Michael Caine? No. Very big. Yeah. <laughs> no hesitation. I'm not are we jumping on Wikipedia that... pages editing about dongs all of a sudden? Uh... <laughs> oh, oh, you're talking about his dick. Well, you know, honestly, I think that the guy's probably got a pretty big one, though. But there's there's oh. a movie of his that I can't even remember what it's called, but I, I remember it because I was like, whoa, this is like kind of like erotic, and I'm really young, and I shouldn't be watching this because I'm feeling feelings I shouldn't have. <laughs> and he was like taking pictures of this naked girl. I wish I could remember the name of the movie. Are we Let's discovering Jamie hits puberty in this episode? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, whoa, like, this is weird. Okay, I just Googled Michael Caine taking pictures of a naked girl. I'm pretty sure I've been flagged by the government now, but let's just see if this <laughs> exists. Oh, lucky no, I didn't do it. They would have been at my door already. He was, he, was taking, he was taking pictures of this naked girl with one of those cam- okay. cameras that automatically uh, shoots the picture out. Yeah, yeah I what's Googled wrong with that? it, and nothing exists that you're talking about, Jamie. Let's be honest. Was that a dream and was the girl you? No. No, I did have dreams I, when I was younger, though, like before I should have even th- been thinking about this. Do we need to keep recording? I don't know if this is something I want to I did day. actually, like, have dreams about that guy, Imhotep from The Mummy. This is literally an episode which children have gone, Mummy, Mummy, can I download this podcast about a Muppet's Christmas Carol? That will be safe for me to listen to. <laughs> PG, just joking. <laughs> yeah, we pretty should, graphic. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, we should probably jump into the movie here. Uh, it really is, as much as Michael Caine is doing like a straight adaptation of like Ebenezer Scrooge, the movie itself is just kind of a straight adaptation of A Christmas Carol, and everybody knows the story, so we won't have to talk about all the plot points here. Uh, but I, I do, like, I, I think some of my favorite stuff in this movie is the early stuff. Maybe before I just got so used to, well, they're just retelling the story. And I feel like at the beginning of the movie, there's a lot more little clever gags that maybe they were missing later on. But, like, the opening credits is an example. As they're just going throughout the streets of this village, uh, and you see all these different shots. The the one thing I noticed was the the dog from Fraggle Rock, which I don't know, Ben, if you ever saw Fraggle Rock Never or if that was a thing Fraggle over Rock. there. I'm mainly, a, I'm yeah, mainly so- a Labyrinth Man, not a Fraggle Rock Man. Too bad we didn't have, like, a Fraggle cameo in here. Or, sorry, a, a Labyrinth cameo in here. Yeah, David Bowie's tight pants. Now you can tell what size yeah, his penis is in that movie, Jamie. Hello. <laughs> I'm I'm still trying to find the movie. Oh, okay, dance, anyway. She's dance, magic, dance. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I remember. You know, it's funny watching that movie, actually, so many years later, and it's like, wow, you could really see his tongue. Oh. I, I think Jamie is, like, getting confused with the Labyrinth, because all of this plot point, like, you know, man taking pictures, like, that whole movie is basically about David Bowie being a creepy guy on a younger girl. So I think that Jamie's just interacting in that movie and wishing that she was, um, what's her name, Jennifer, Lo- not Jennifer Lawrence, um, Jennifer Connolly. Thank you. <laughs> and David Bowie was stalking her at a dance with his dong in his tight pants. 
while Michael Caine was taking pictures of them. (laughs) (laughs) And then at the end, we have the baby that's been taken away by the Goblin King. God bless every one of us. Uh, But outside of the Fraggle dog at the beginning of this, I also noticed... And this is why I don't feel bad for Tiny Tim. I'm sorry to say this. If Tiny Tim died, he had it coming. Because we see Tiny Tim sitting sitting on a windowsill, yanking a chicken's wing repeatedly. He's basically torturing animals in the opening sequence. Like, I don't feel bad for Tiny Tim in this. Um, we also get Gonzo uh, as Charles Dickens here in the, the opening. And uh, Jamie will love this. He's selling red delicious apples. Jamie has gone on rants this week multiple times about how bad red delicious apples are they're so bad <laughs> the thing she's very opinionated about <laughs> dongs and red delicious apples <laughs> get her to actually talk about the plot of a movie a little bit more of a struggle <laughs> um i did like the lines that gonzo gonzo and rizzo are the perfect combo here and uh, just like you were saying you you forget like you know uh you know how good michael kane is in this movie and everything I forget how much this is just Gonzo and Rizzo because, like, even Kermit, who's playing a main character from the story, makes, like, two appearances. But these were the right characters for some reason to put together here. And uh, I-, I just love the introduction where uh, he's basically doubting whether Gonzo is Charles Dickens. He goes, I know a Christmas Carol like the back of my hand. He goes, really prove it. He goes, okay, the mole on my thumb, that scar on my wrist. He's like, no, I mean the story, not the back of your hand. Uh, and then we get... Everybody in the the town giving a song about Scrooge. Uh, something else I'm sorry to say, and I know I'm going to make a lot of enemies of a lot of people who grew up during the 80s and 90s here, but this soundtrack kind of sucks. <laughs> I love it. You're it's, crazy. Compare it to other great Muppet soundtracks like the Muppets Take Manhattan, the Muppet movie, the, even the new Muppet movie. They all had really memorable soundtracks. I'm struggling to remember what this opening song even was. Um we get into Scrooge's office here, and it's freezing cold. He has, like, an army of bookkeepers, which is, uh, I guess, a bit of a, um, a difference from the original story. And uh, something else they're adding that's not in any of the other versions. We have this guy Applegate in there who's, uh, I guess, making excuses for why he can't pay his loan. Another thing, like, he's talking about, oh, my daughter or whatever. You know, she she has a breathing disorder. And I'm thinking to myself, and maybe I'm cold-hearted here, but, like, isn't this the same excuse that every moneylender has probably heard? Like, <laughs> is is this just what he says, you know, so he could fund his crystal meth habit? Like, that's that's the fiction I'm creating here in this Muppets village, because this guy seems shady to me. Uh, I love... <laughs> I love all of these. Come on! I <laughs> It's weird. Like I okay, I had a small business for several years, and I had employees, and I had employees that took advantage of me. So it's weird that when I see other versions of a Christmas Carol, I don't get like this. But in this version, for some reason, every time money comes up around Scrooge, I'm like, yeah, guard your money, Scrooge. Like these people are trying to take advantage of you. I don't know why. Something about Michael Caine's portrayal. Just uh, why are you looking at pictures of? Is that Borat wearing a thong? <laughs> Still trying to find the movie. You're not gonna find it. It doesn't exist. It does exist. I'm not crazy. <laughs> Anyways, let's speed through some of this year. Um, I love all the stuff with the book. <laughs> Borat wearing a thong. <laughs> uh, the authorities really have been alerted to Jamie's Google searches now. <laughs> oh, it's fine, Jamie. They take longer to get there than you think. <laughs> A friend told me. Uh, 
I love all of Michael Caine's stuff about uh, uh, when the bookkeepers are like, you know, we'd like to have a little bit more coal for the fire. And he goes, how would you all like to be unemployed? <laughs> And then they're like, heat wave! <laughs> See, there's some really funny stuff in the beginning here that doesn't hold up throughout it. Uh, we get the um, the guys coming looking for charity. And again, another one, I don't know what it is. I'm feeling sympathetic towards Scrooge here. These guys are just, who really wants a solicitor at their door, even if they're asking for money for charity? Like, th- there are people who have signs at their door, no solicitors, please. And we're supposed to, you know, feel for these guys. How could Scrooge turn them down? Um, and then the final thing that sets it off here is uh, Bob Cratchit and the other employees are asking for a full day of pay uh, on the statutory holiday, which I love that Scrooge says, how about 8.30? And it's like, um, we'd like something a little bit more than half an hour, Mr. Scrooge. <laughs> but instead, he, he decides to give them the entire day off. Uh, we get another song about one more sleep, which is not memorable. Uh, we get, the instead of Jacob Marley, we get Jacob and Robert Marley who sing uh, a song and um, we're just going to get everything up here until their appearance. Uh, the Marley brothers, I guess the, the, the critics who were true. I remember my brother's favorite character and I, I kind of have to agree. I mean, I think these characters are great. They're always insulting people. Now I wish we had more of that in this movie. Uh, but anyways, that just brings us up to the, uh, before we get to the ghost in the story is Jacob and Robert Marley are saying, you're going to be visited by three ghosts. And um, there was, uh, another kind of funny line here, a running gag where uh, I think it was Rizzo says, like, uh, should uh, we be worried about the kids in the audience because this is kind of scary? He goes, no, this is culture. And that just becomes a running gag in it. Uh, but anyways, let's cover the entire movie there up until the Marley brothers appear. We we really have chosen movies so far that, like, we can do pretty quickly, right? <laughs> like, it just yeah. seems to be... We're not impatient, people. <laughs> no, not at all. Um... I agree with you that this soundtrack really isn't that memorable. Um, I, like, we kind of went into this thinking like, oh, it's going to be like Grease. We can, um, do a sing along and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. I can barely remember, um, any song that like there's that night before Christmas song, which to me, I've got teddy bears picnic stuck in my head instead. Um, <laughs> that, that's about it. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> It's so funny. This just seems to be what we do, isn't it? We get the evil character who you're meant to hate, and we somehow find them that they're the victim. Um, you know, we've done it in pretty much every movie. Billy Zane in Titanic. Um, other movies that I can't remember at the top of my head. Um, but I kind of agree with you too. Like, Scrooge is just doing his job. These people are shady. They're Muppets. Um, they've got a person's hand up their bum. And they're here like, you know, oh, I can't pay my loan. Like, like- By the way, Jamie is now Googling Michael Caine taking pictures of people's <laughs> hands up Muppet bums. No, I'm not. Like, I, I want to go into a bank if I can't pay my loan and just be like, ooh, boo, boo, hoo. It's like, it's not that simple, all right? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, children who we're having, we're ruining your childhood, Jamie, everyone else. Like, you know, just because you're cute and felt- doesn't mean that you can go into your bank and be like, oh, I can't pay my loan. Well, you should have thought about that before taking one out, all right? Ah. Issues around that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's... I don't really have a whole lot to add. I, I do like uh, just the random little, like, the Muppets in the street, like the fruit and vegetables that can talk and the little rats with the cheese are cute. And um, 
I do love the Marley Brothers. I love those guys. Um, they're so funny. But, like, this is where <laughs> Mallory started asking some questions. And these are very good questions because, you know, we watch this movie and kind of it's just all implied that this is this world we live in. There's humans and Muppets and everything. But, like, do the Muppets think they're human? Like, do the humans think they're Muppets? Like, what is a Muppet? <laughs> Why is it a Muppet and not a Puppet? How how does the food talk? Do they eat that food that talks? Does all the food talk secretly? Like, does that make them murderers because they ate an apple? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, there's so many different questions around this. Like, what if a Muppet and a human falls in love? Like, how how does that work? Is it allowed? Like, you only ever see humans with humans in this movie and Muppets <laughs> with Muppets in this movie. Um, like, there's so many questions because, you know, Kermit the Frog's a frog. But do they have normal frogs that aren't Kermit the Frog? <laughs> I mean, it's it's like, I want to know. I want to know so many answers <laughs> about Muppets and this world that they live in. Um, so, I don't know. Do you have answers? I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I Jamie? actually always wonder, too. Actually, She's watching a clip of a Michael Caine movie now. Did no, she I, find it? I, I think I found this one, actually. I think I found it. Anyways, but I'm going to st- stay on topic for now, and I'll mention this in a second once the trailer is done. But um, So I, I think that, um, you know, I always kind of wondered, because uh, I understood, obviously, you know, even as a kid, that if something um, mates with another thing, obviously, it should be the same species. Oh, I bet you did understand that. <laughs> no, and, Unless it's and so, like... <laughs> with uh mrs piggy and kermit the frog with them um you know having kids that are like both mixed it's like well how in the heck did that happen well they're not mixed um, all the know, girls are pigs they, all the boys are frogs yeah. like <laughs> did, did they start off as like tiny little tadpoles that she had to keep in like a cup until they you know grew legs like like what happened but you know there's there's something that's kind of funny it, it reminds me of um labyrinth and it's funny that you mentioned it earlier because i had wrote wrote in my notes um, that when the uh, Scrooge song is singing at the beginning and you see the singing vegetables and everything and you see the little uh, hole in the wall with the the mice there, it kind of reminds me exactly of the hole in the wall with the worm. I don't mm. know if anybody else knows what I'm talking about. It's been yeah, a long time a since I've seen the, the labyrinth, but yeah, no, I do remember that. See, Ben calls it the labyrinth. That's, that's something I always laugh at people calling it the labyrinth instead of labyrinth, but, but I laugh more at the fact that like, Jamie calls it the labyrinth, but she will add the word the to things that do not need to have the in front. The colon. Like, oh, I, yeah, like, <laughs> my husband, the colon, yes. <laughs> but, um, you know, when they're- The Michael Caine. When they're in the office there, uh, and you said, you know, people are just trying to rip them off and not pay their bills. They are. Michael, <laughs> Michael Caine is so good at being mean, though. It's so believable. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, I, I do want to just quickly rabbit hole to say that I, I think I found the movie. I, I, I'm going to actually try to download it to watch it. Oh. Uh, it, I think it's called Blame It on Rio. Oh. Blame It on Rio. It's what the yeah. IOC have been doing the last few years. I, I think, <laughs> I think that's the one. You get it. And, uh, it, it's a story where he's basically having, um, relations with, I don't know. I think it's like one of his friend's daughters oh, or something. There's naked women in it. I've just Googled it. I want to watch this movie. There yep. <laughs> and it doesn't even have like that good of a rating, but I'm pretty sure that's the movie that it's I Demi was Moore. thinking of. Topless Demi Wait, Moore. He takes pictures of 
naked Demi Moore? I'd have to watch the movie to confirm. I guess I'm watching it now. It's the last theatrically released film from Stanley Donan, the director of Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, Charade, and Singing in the Rain. He ended his career taking pictures of Michael Caine taking pictures of naked women. (laughs) Well, like I said, I don't know if that is the one, but I'm pretty sure that's it. Uh, It also stars Joseph Bologna. (laughs) My Bologna. Well, it was nominated uh, for a Razzie Award for Best New Star for uh, Michelle Johnson, so this has got an esteemed... I like the poster with a woman's <laughs> bum in a bikini. Yeah, can we do this movie? <laughs> Look at this is a bonus movie for New Year's. Blame it on Rio. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the movie. I'd have to watch it again to be sure. But again, you note the time that it came out, 1984. and You I, weren't even born yet. Yeah, I know, but we obviously had it in the house. I remember watching it, or it was on... Your t- mom was into some kinky things. <laughs> what else was in her... VHS show. Okay, like, seriously, I was like, six, Ben won't know what this is, so I kind of have to explain, but when I was like six, five, six, seven years old, I already know every, knew everything about sex because I'd always watch yeah, the Sunday sex night is. sex show with my mom. No, 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 no. But I still don't. In, in, in Canada, we had some. In Canada, we had something called the Sunday night sex show with this old lady. I think you were telling us about this when we were yeah. just there. <laughs> Yeah, and she she would go over all these different like sexual positions, way to please your man, way to please your woman. She she'd do reviews on different toys. Like I I knew about all this stuff before I was even ten years old. Can you get like, this show and make Colin watch it? I think he needs to know some of this <laughs> stuff, and he's not, like ten years older than you. I still don't know how we got you pregnant again. <laughs> well, miracles happen. You just the get a needle in the middle of the night and just you know stick it somewhere, <laughs> like remove some fluid and. Inseminate yourself. Somewhere? <laughs> that sounds romantic. Is the ghost of Christmas present the father because he's massive dong? <laughs> um, anyways, let's jump back into the movie. How so, many times when you I'm on the episode with you do we talk about these kind of things? Seriously. I, I try not to count. <laughs> it makes me depressed. Uh, let's... Talk but, about, but in all honesty, sorry to interrupt oh. just one more time, but in all honesty, I just want to say for the record, for anybody that's listening, men or women, please stay, pay attention to this. Uh, everybody has, or maybe they don't, I don't know, but I think anyway. Secret that, fetish of Michael Caine taking pictures of them. No, that, that most people think that men are the ones that are dirtier. It is for sure women, like long. Oh, absolutely like, oh, it like, is. <laughs> it's way yeah. evidence of that. It's way it's, so it's way worse. Preach, number- sister. Amen. <laughs> it's way worse, number one. But number two, and Colin can attest to this from working in a call center with women that are older, the older that you get as a woman, the worse it gets and the horny you are hornier you are. <laughs> ben, you went the wrong direction. Men, you men, needed an older woman. Menopause will not stop us. No, no, you do realize by starting them young, that means that I've got more time with them to get to that point. So yes, it's fine. Better. <laughs> Those women may not have a functioning uterus, but they are very horny. <laughs> hey, if you don't want kids past a certain point, it's fine. <laughs> oh, how is this a Muppet recap? <laughs> I, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Okay, um, just keep in mind, we got to pick up our son in a little while, Jamie. <laughs> Too bad he had to miss this. Um, anyways, as you everybody knows the, the story... Sunday night sex show too. Mommy, mommy! <laughs> the, the ghost of Christmas past appears. Here's Jesus, another if Jamie's appeared right now, we'd be having an even more fun episode. <laughs> okay, so why in a movie, back on topic here... 
when you're struggling to find anything for your real Muppets to do, like Fozzie is Fozzie. You're not going to do Fezziwig in a Muppet movie and not make it Fozziwig. Okay, great. But these Muppets could have played multiple characters. Why, when you have all these real famous Muppets, are all the ones that have substantial screen time, like the Ghost of Christmas Past, not actual Muppets? They're just original characters that came up. Especially this one, which doesn't even look like a Muppet to me. It looks like something out of my nightmares. Oh, she's so uh, creepy. Yeah. And, and I, I in all fairness... I think it's actually one of the best representations of Christmas Past. Oh, <laughs> freaks me <laughs> like out. Like the Jim Carrey one more? No, no, no. Ugh. I definitely don't like the Jim Carrey one more. But and my he has point a squeaky is, Irish accent. But no, my point <laughs> is, is that you're talking about, okay, in the book and in the way the story is supposed to be, it is supposed to be kind of this ethereal figure. You can't tell, is it male, is it female? Is it human, is it not human? It's just a beam of light. That's the way the story is. But you're making the argument of, well, this is the way it's supposed to be. Okay, well, Bob Cratchit's not supposed to be a frog married to a pig. Like, it's the Muppets. Have some fun with it. Throw, throw. What, what's that one giant monster you like? The, the Casper? Muppet, huh? Casper? Casper? <laughs> what? Well, not our son. The other monster. Hagrid. Um, <laughs> but, I don't know. My point is, do they have a big dick? No. <laughs> there are, oh, my God. This episode's going up with a rating, people. Coming soon to the Oz Network. Big Dick Month. Uh. <laughs> My favorite month. <laughs> Michael Fassbender. <laughs> the Ghost of Christmas Present. Hagrid. <laughs> and Michael Tate. I want to open Bowie. that present. <laughs> David Bowie. <laughs> we got our month. There you and go, Nicholas Cage oh, no. and not John Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so an- another liberty they take with the story here is the Ghost of Christmas Past. Well, first of all, I'll just say I, I also love the Gonzo Rizzo segment where they're breaking into Scrooge's mansion to see what's going on before the ghost appears here. And he's basically trying to get Rizzo to climb over the gate or jump down from the gate only to realize he could slip through the bars. And it's like, wait, you could fit through the bars? Yeah, of course. So you're an idiot. I like that part. Um when they go back in time, though, they take some liberties with the story here, and this is another problem I have because I don't feel like the story, as good as Michael Caine's performance is, I don't feel like the story really, I don't know, has has any emotion to it because it's not a story of redemption. The very first thing we see is that Scrooge has always hated Christmas in this version, which isn't the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be things changed over time and made him this bitter person. But here he is as a child basically saying, bah humbug, and oh, you guys go off and have Christmas. I'm going to sit here and figure out how to make money on less fortunate. And then they flash forward again to Fozzie Wig's party. Uh, where, his rubber chicken party. The rubber chicken party. We always uh, have one of them. Where in the original story, it's again supposed to be he still enjoys Christmas at this point, And... You have him lecturing his boss, Fozziwig, on uh, how much is this party costing you? You could have saved all this money. And then they flash forward again to him meeting his wife or whatever, who's barely introduced in this story. And he's talking about, well, you know, the business just hasn't taken off the way that we expected. And this is the moment where you're supposed to be like, he's changed, where even his wife who loved him or his fiance who loved him realizes this guy's changed. But he hasn't changed. He's just always been the same guy. And I just don't think that that's as effective in the story. Um, I did like a few of the comedy bits here. I, f- I feel like this is the point in the movie where they're doing such a straight adaptation, even sometimes word for word from what Dickens wrote, that 
the comedy bits help when they throw them in there because it almost gets too serious at times. Like uh, the thing with the Rizzo and Gonzo observing on the shelf and the shelf breaks and then the professor is like, oh, I've been meaning to fix that thing. And then when he's whispering to him, you know, uh, it's the American way. And it's like, uh, it's like oh, sorry, the British way. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's just I, I would have liked more of a straight parody at this point and less of a uh, less of a straight adaptation. I think you should have gone one way or the other. Either do a straight adaptation with some you know, kind of funny visual gags or make it a straight parody. And I don't know. The last thing to mention here is the, the appearance of Ralph the dog. Uh, which, and when when the Muppets the TV show was on, I was too young to really remember. Like I said, I kind of got exposed to the Muppets through reruns and the movies as I got older. But my mom used to always tell me that apparently I loved this dog, like it was my favorite character in all of the Muppets, and I barely remember that. But the, the Ralph the dog that appears just during Fozzie Wig's party here is that the one that always plays piano? Yeah, the piano oh, playing dog. Okay. Uh, this character, who was one of the main Muppets throughout the original creation of the TV show, all the original movies, it was basically like Kermit, Miss Piggy, Gonzo, Fozzie, and Ralph the dog. He basically is just a cameo in this without speaking. And the reason for that is because Jim Henson, who died a couple of years before this movie was made, that was his original character. Like mm. before the Muppets TV show existed or Sesame Street, he created Ralph the dog and would appear on like local kids tv shows and then later came kermit so out of respect for jim henson they basically said listen we know we have to recast kermit but out of respect for jim henson we're gonna leave this character as his character Mm. but they throw it in there still as kind of just a you know a a nice little nod to jim henson but uh i don't know this section i i find it kind of pointless and i know so again so many people are gonna hate me for it but there's no point to a story where we're just briefly flashing back to his Christmas past, and he's not learning anything other than to see that he was always kind of a little bit against Christmas, and that doesn't even lend itself well to the way the story's going to play out later. Yeah, I don't find his redemption that great, because, yeah, like, he kind of just has always been this way, and, and like, even the stuff with his fiance or whoever she is, like, what's that got to do with anything? Isn't there meant to be some sort of tragic moment there or something where he... Because reg- it's just kind of... We see him checking her out at a party. The next year they're engaged, and then that's it. Like, what happened there? Like, it's kind of like, okay. Yeah. And at one point, like, what, 10 minutes early, he said, well, love is worse than Christmas. Um, yet he's uttering the words, I love you, in this moment. It's like, okay, so you were in love at one point. What went wrong? Um, I just want to, like, backtrack slightly with the Marley and Marley... Um, song. I, that was one that I definitely remembered as a kid being freaked out by and always fast forwarding that scene. I don't know why. Um, but I was scared of weird things as a kid. I still am, but that's another story. Um, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot exciting stuff to add. Um, I do like the fact that, yeah, they're having a rubber chicken party. Like, what is a rubber chicken party? Like, that sounds wrong. Like, that sounds like Jamie would be into. <laughs> well, it, it's a rubber chicken factory, which also makes it weird that it's a rubber chicken party. Like, if you work in, I don't know, a bread factory, do you just have a party at the end of the year where you all eat bread and throw bread around? Like, that's wasting valuable product. This, again, is bad business decisions in this movie. And what, like, what is a rub, like, is a rubber chicken factory really a thing? Like, isn't that just made at some, like, random place that makes random things? Like, oh, the, the, the town of, Scroogeville, USA or UK really needs to have a rubber chicken factory. Otherwise, all the town will go bankrupt. And 
Like, for a movie where they have to correct themselves and say, like, oh, you know, they're in the UK, why do all the Muppets have American accents? <laughs> like, <laughs> London, in whatever year this was set, uh, had a lot of American immigrants that year. <laughs> and they're all felt made of puppets. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's not, like, again, this movie isn't terrible. It's not like it's not watchable. But I, I just think it's definitely one of these films that you do see differently at a certain age to when you're an adult. Um, and, you know, here are Colin and I ripping into everybody's favourite childhood Christmas movie, and Jamie, meanwhile, should be defending it, but she's talking about penises, so, okay. <laughs> Some of my favourite things. <laughs> Some of my favourite things. Um, no, but you guys are wrong. <laughs> Anyways, this movie, I'm pretty sure I'll be, like, 95 years old if I live that long, because, I mean, I eat a lot of cheese, but... <laughs> Wrong with no, that. and I'll still be, and I'll still be watching it. No, but you know, it's this movie is, it's, you know, it's so good. But there's something now. <laughs> Can I just hold on? I just want to point out. I said before we started this episode, I'm like Ben. Or Ben was asking, is Jamie actually going to be on this episode since she suggested? I'm like, oh yeah, she even started taking notes. I said started because halfway through the movie, I noticed she stopped taking notes, and I kept reminding her, you should be taking notes. And she's like, it's okay, I know this movie so well. I'm like, every time you don't take notes, we end up with an episode where all you have to say is, oh, this movie's good. And I literally just saw you skimming through your notes, stumbling on your words and saying, oh, this movie's so good. Okay, but can, can you tell me, though, that this episode hasn't been bombed so far? <laughs> it's It's a bomb? No, like, as in it's great? Oh, well, it depends. I mean, <laughs> how X-rated do you like it? <laughs> um, you're Wait, my, I know the answer to this. Yeah, I was going to okay. say, you're my husband. You should know how freaky I like it. Anyway. Oh. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> Enlighten us. Uh, no, Thank I'm, you for suggesting girl's contribution to Christmas from Mallory. Yes, Mallory. She's not um, even here. No, but... but it's all a setup. But you see, Colin's so shy, though, so, like... He's not really, like, into a lot of those things. Like, even being blindfolded, I tried that. He's oh, like, don't! No! He's like, no, I'm scared. I think Jamie and I needed to meet to under different circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, but being an adult now, though, like, I try to pick things apart. And, you know, it's kind of funny because I remember when Kermit is, I think this is the one where uh, he's with the Ghost of Christmas Present, though, so it's jumping forward just a little bit, but... <laughs> No, just a little bit, because you're in the past and I'm in the present, but... <laughs> anyway, okay. Stop thinking dirty thoughts and not talking about, like, opening Nobody up the present. Nobody was thinking anything dirty, only you! <laughs> I'm pretty sure that you probably are, too. No! Colin Actually, hasn't yeah, had a dirty are. thought since 1996. <laughs> I don't even understand what you're saying right now. I'm too innocent. Actually, it's really funny because, like, we we got married six years ago, obviously. But How? Obviously, as if everybody knows our <laughs> wedding date. But it's so funny because after that, like, I had to explain to Colin, like, when people would be flirting or whatever else, because he's like, I just didn't get it. And I'm like, yeah, they were, like, really, like, into it. <laughs> I don't even know what we... You're oblivious. Okay. Yeah, anyway, Colin never but, knows uh, when I'm flirting with him. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Ben's like, I've been waiting this long, Colin. <laughs> um, no, but with the Ghost of Christmas present, you know, picking things apart, I, I remember uh, watching this movie now, and 
I was seeing uh, Kermit walking down the street with Tiny Tim on his shoulder, uh, you know, just dancing in the snow. And I noticed, you know what? He doesn't have any shoes on. And then I looked at Tiny Tim. I said, you know, he doesn't have any other shoes. You know, he doesn't have any shoes on either. I know they're poor. But, like, if he's diseased and stuff like that, like, shouldn't this kid have shoes on? (laughs) He's diseased? He's got, Parkinson's disease or something. It's not contagious. (laughs) No, but... But apparently it's something that Michael Caine can cure. No, I'm saying if he's already in bad health and he's, like, coughing and, you know, like, going to die of, like, pneumonia or something, like, shouldn't he actually have shoes on his feet? He doesn't have athlete's foot. (laughs) Nobody has trouble breathing because of their athlete's foot. Yeah, but, like, even the vegetables, I'm sure, had shoes. (laughs) Vegetables had shoes? Solid point. I said I'm sure they did. I think the mice had shoes even. I want to see a carrot um, walking around with like a Nike on their foot. Like Air Jordan. Well, d- did you pay attention to the great retro- uh, vegetable rebellion? He wasn't Absolutely. on that episode. It's I'm, I'm my sure favourite thing I've ever been a part of, Jamie Hilding. Um, so anyways, <laughs> Call, jumping, so, to, the next, like, shut up, jumping to the next section of the movie, <laughs> Kermit's walking down the street with Tiny Tim on his shoulders and neither of them are wearing shoes. <laughs> Because they were poor. Uh, anyways, the, the ghost of Christmas present appears next. Uh, oh, first of all, I just want to go back for a second. The, the young Ebenezer Scrooge that we see, the first time he appears at the party, I remember looking at it and saying, that guy looks nothing. Because like, everybody knows what Michael Caine looked like when he was young. I mean, even even if you haven't seen his movies, I mean, he basically looks exactly the same, just less wrinkles and color to his hair. Uh, That's generally how people look when they get older. Yeah. They still look <laughs> like themselves. I get it. Unless you're Tom Cruise or Paul Rudd. <laughs> they, don't, they don't start to transform into a different person. They don't start off black and then turn white or Ace well, of the Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> that's, with, that's with much work. Anyways, well. uh, Michael Caine's... Ha- but, but his penis is probably still black. Okay. <laughs> so it's big then, Jamie? Is that what you're trying to say? Hey. <laughs> Col- Colin's giving me the, the motion to his neck to cut. cut. <laughs> stop, stop. I need one of those Before people. Get- <laughs> um... But but the young Michael Caine, the party, I didn't think he looked anything like it. And then the scene with the fiance, I turned to Jamie and I'm like, this guy looks exactly like Michael Caine. Like, it was striking. But yeah, I didn't notice it in the earlier scene. Yeah, he did look like him. I agree. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm glad we're in agreement. I, I thought he was about to pull an Italian job. <laughs> Thanks for, like, a bit of a delay with that laughter. Moving on. <laughs> I'm like, wait, wait. Oh, yeah, he was in the Italian. He's one. not Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> have you ever seen, by the way, have you ever seen the original Italian job? No, I haven't. Uh, so the, the ending of the original Italian job, I would almost rather talk about that than Muppet Christmas Carol. The ending, maybe the greatest last scene, the greatest twist ending in movie history. Isn't that, that where good. the term cliffhanger came from? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because it literally is. I mean, it, it probably existed prior to that, but it perfectly applies to it because it literally ends on a cliffhanger. Um, but anyways, the Christmas present stuff. So we get uh, Jamie's favorite here, Mr. Man Meat uh, Muppet. Oh. Mm. And, Probably uh, has a hairy chest too. I like I like hairy chest. <laughs> <laughs> this is ginger hairy chest. That's like Did- manliness when a guy has like hairy chest. This guy is Ooh. so Wow, Jamie just called me yeah, a man. 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 I'm happy. It's going to be the first and last time. <laughs> I like you, Jamie. 
when you when you get divorced uh, and Mallory and I break up eventually, you and I should talk. You want to be stuck with three kids from another marriage? Uh, I've probably got some other places. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um. I like the, the now. This is another opportunity that I think is a bit missed because this character in all other versions of the story is a really funny character. Um, this this Christmas present who's just eating and laughing nonstop and kind of tormenting. And this depiction was just okay. I, I did like the the lines they had about um, you know I have had eighteen other brothers that have come before me, and then Michael Caine's like eighteen other brothers. I imagine the grocery bills, and then he's like, oh. <laughs> That was kind of funny. Uh, but then we get another forgettable song. And I, I'm saying forgettable. Jamie and I finished watching this movie, I think, about 20 minutes before we started recording. I cannot remember this song at all. Jamie, you, you saw this movie once a month throughout your childhood. What yeah. is the song? How does it go? The, the Christmas present song. The present song? Yeah. Oh, I, I couldn't recite it word for word right <laughs> now. The soundtrack sucks. No, it's so good. No. Anyways, um, so he takes him to a couple of different scenes. We get uh, Fred's party um, where they play 20 questions that never ends, uh, which is like, you know, are you a mammal? Are you breathing? Uh, Do you come out the daylight? Every question, like it just, I swear they go way past 20 questions, like 40 questions here. And eventually it comes down to that it's an unwanted creature or something like that. And it goes, it's your Uncle Scrooge. This is well in all other versions of the story and in the book and in every other movie that's been made, they do end on a joke about somebody who's kind of miserable and it's your uncle Scrooge, but it wasn't something as cruel as an unwanted creature. <laughs> like that's basically like saying your mother should have aborted you, Scrooge. Like it's really cruel. Like I'm feeling so bad for Scrooge in this movie. No, no wonder he's he, such a miserable he's person. He's unwanted because he's not a nice person. Neither's oh, Fred. Oh, I get it now. That's what it is. Okay. <laughs> The moral of the story is, but I don't know, like, I, I, I can't even say I blame it on it being a kid's movie that's really short, because the book itself is like 70 pages, and most other versions of a Christmas Carol that have been made are like an hour and a half long. It just, it would have really helped to have a moment here just emotionally for the character if you had a nice moment where Fred's talking, well, he's still my uncle and I still love him and everybody else is taking shots at him and he kind of defends him. But Fred just does nothing in this movie. He's just a real jerk. I don't like Fred. <laughs> I'm taking this very personally. Um, Drop dead, Fred. Drop dead, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then there's uh, the moment where you go to the Cratchit's house. And uh, this scene did work well, I think. Um, Rizzo was up on the chimney and he was smelling the goose they were cooking down there. He falls down the chimney and uh, he lands on the flaming hot goose. And they have a line about that later on. And this is, you want to talk about somebody who's sicker than Jamie. Okay, Gonzo. Gonzo is your Muppet dream boy, Jamie. Uh, there's a thing, I don't know how many people have picked up on this in the Muppets, but there's a thing in the Muppet TV show, all the Muppet movies, where Gonzo has a thing for chickens. <laughs> Yes, I knew that. Okay, but they throw this line in here, which I'm sure none of the kids got, but I can't imagine that many parents would be happy with their kids getting this when it says, I fell down a chimney and landed on a flaming hot goose. And then Gonzo goes, you have all the fun. Like, it's kind of sick. Gonzo has moments, not just here, but in other Muppet movies, where it's almost a little bit like a sick sexual fetish of him and chickens. 
Nothing wrong with that. I, I would, Who did you not pick up on that, I, Jamie? I'm just saying I wouldn't take it that far. What? Are you kidding me? I know he likes chicken. You just imagined the Ghost of Christmas Presents' enormously large dong, and you're saying you wouldn't take it so far that Gonzo has a sick sexual fetish about chickens? Better than Holtz. Ben, way out I, I don't want to know what he does with that nose of his that's curled. Well, I mean, there was the rubber chicken factory, which, you know, clearly was something else. Um... I, look, I don't know enough about the Muppets to really be able to comment on Gonzo's <laughs> sick chicken fetish. Uh, whoever the puppeteer and the voice person behind him is, maybe it's an in-joke that he got caught with a chicken or something. I don't is know. the same Elmo? We know what he was into. Okay. Oh, okay. too soon, now Colin. Now you brought another thing to my head. Okay, the chicken factory, rubber chicken factory, right? <laughs> yes. Maybe... Maybe I could be like Colin and have all these theories of, you know, um, I could be what? like, why are you putting me like the sick these, one on this podcast? These, these conspiracy theories and just say, you know, like that that's why they threw it in there because, you know, they can do like rubber blow up women. And so then Gonzo gets up <laughs> so that he has them. Kick back up a second. I just want to go back to you saying. <laughs> I just want to know what that back. noise is. <laughs> you beaker on drugs? <laughs> no, that's chicken as he's banging it. Oh. <laughs> okay, seriously, though, can we go back to the point where you said I could be like Colin and come up with all these sick theories on the Muppets? Have you listened to yourself in this episode? I'm perfectly normal. <laughs> I do want to point out that the line is. I fell down a chimney and landed on a flaming hot goose, and Gonzo says you have all the fun. That's not like that's pretty clear innuendo. I don't really think so. Also, is it is the goose male? Can a goose be male or female, or is this a bisexual Gonzo? <laughs> I mean, can a muppet be male honest... or female? Do we see any genitalia at any point? Good point. I'm just I'm just saying this movie was ahead of its time. Look, gender okay. fluid puppets. That's why they call muppets. <laughs> But there's a, I want to bring you forward to Muppets in Space, which is the worst Muppet, well, the second worst Muppet movie. Jamie dragged me to the worst Muppet movie. Um, but in Muppets in Space, there's a moment where Gonzo is looking at a pinup calendar of chickens in bikinis. So this is a thing. I'm not imagining it. And the line is, I fell down a chimney and landed on a flaming hot goose. And you said, Colin's reading into weird things. No, I guess that's true. There you go. But it's, well, okay, it's funny, can I though, actually point out one thing, though, Colin, that might be to clarify your statement here? Isn't Gonzo a bird? So therefore, like... <laughs> that's, that's what Muppets from Space established, is that Gonzo didn't know what he was. So I guess he is in the shape of a bird, yeah. But he didn't know what he was, so in Muppets from Space, he went out looking for, well, who am I, where did I come from? So we'll, yeah. But well, what is he? In Ses- an alien. Oh, of course he is. An alien yep. bird. Yeah, an, an alien, alien bird. bird. Yep. But in Sesame Street, though, they... They had tried. This was all, all all over the internet a couple months ago, where they had tried to say that um, Ernie, Bert, and Ernie were both actually guys, and they were oh, both gay. They, okay, both well, guys, they are guys, I but I think it's been long implied that they are <laughs> gay anyway. No, but that they were both gay, <laughs> and I was like, I. That's been around for years. I don't think anybody actually like wrote that though. Well, you know, they are uh, two no, men let's... who aren't related who sleep in the same room together. <laughs> But in the same bed. In all fairness, let's look at both the Muppets and Sesame Street. When have any characters ever been 
involved with it's not like we have dating on sesame street you know well big I bird mean, Kermit... and we all know the rumors <laughs> yeah they kept it secret too yeah but with that beak kermit and that miss... tail kermit and miss piggy are literally the only couple in all of muppets sesame street muppets fraggle rock anything like that <laughs> I never Sorry, really that's a weird that. sentence. Miss Piggy and Kermit are literally the only couple in all of Muppets. <laughs> we oh, talk about the big issues here in the Oz Network. <laughs> well, well, even with Elmo, they show his dad, but they never show his mom, like, as them together. Because Elmo is produced asexually. No, they show pictures of his mom, but, like, I guess his mom died. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you giving such a tragic backstory to Elmo? Wait, like, that's horrible. It, 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 Elmo's mom died. Like, why? Elmo time, a DVD that Casper owns. It goes, it goes over how Elmo got potty trained, and then his dad is there, and then he's showing him a photo album, and it's photos of Elmo as a baby with his mom. He says, "Look at your mom. Wasn't she pretty? Wasn't she pretty?" And then, like, you never see the mom in the whole episode, so she must be dead, or she, or she's not dead, but she's a dead beat. Elmo's a very independent monster, Jamie. Like, Elmo looks after himself. He has his goldfish. He loves his goldfish. He loves his piano, too. Can we, um... I'm pretty sure if you're neglected as a child, things like that happen. (laughs) You become obsessed with goldfish and people that aren't really there. He likes to be tickled a lot. Can we just come up with a theory about what I like that JB said she's either dead or a deadbeat. Now if Elmo's mom is a deadbeat mom, what is her reason for leaving? Drug addict, gambling problem? Well let's be honest, Elmo's a bit annoying, so I mean I think you know this. <laughs> she left Elmo's dad for the ghost of Christmas present, his enormously large dong. <laughs> That she faked her own death to do it too. And Elmo's dad left for the gender fluid baby at the beginning, the ghost of Christmas past, or whatever the hell that thing is. <laughs> Such progressive world Sesame Street is. <laughs> um, let's wrap up the Christmas present stuff here. Are we still here? Uh, oh Jesus! Let's let's, let's so- incorporate pretty much everything else with a ghost here. We get the Tiny Tim song, another one I couldn't sing. Jamie, can you sing any of these songs? I I can't remember them by heart. I'm I'm not a. I'm, my Sing mem- any song from Greece. My memory is awful. Sing any song from Greece. Brasha brasha brasha. Sure, that one. Sing any song from Elmo's Potty Time. Elmo's Potty Time. <laughs> See, this soundtrack is so forgettable that you watch this every month, and you can remember the songs from Elmo's Potty Time over this. That's because Casper watches it a thousand times. He watches a day. it as much as you watched a Muppets Christmas Carol. That was years ago. Anyways, um, when I still had a brain before I had children. <laughs> Which brain? You know what? When you have kids and, and you're a woman, stuff like that, and you're pregnant, each child takes a little bit of your brain. The fact oh, that I have twins... Play I've made, the women made, card. Oh, we've got babies. We can pop it out of our vagina. I, you know what? I, and we're filthier than men. But, but you know us. what? Once, once those twins are born, though, I'm basically going to be a vegetable. A vegetable Boy, that talks I? and wears shoes? <laughs> Well, I still have all the functions of a woman, even though I'm a vegetable. Okay. Um, <laughs> that, that, there's a thing to put on your Tinder profile when you get divorced. <laughs> Vagina's still working. Oh. <laughs> I, I want to point out how much real true emotion Michael Caine had in this scene, but I don't think it's appropriate to say anymore. <laughs> Talking about vaginas, he's had such good emotion. 
Um, the ghost of Christmas yet to come comes. Can I? Can I, just, can I, I just want to put out one thing. Come on. She's laughing oh, yeah. at coming, huh? Um, <laughs> the one thing I'm going to ask about Tiny Tim, right? Like, is this a bit rude to call their child who's small and has a disease Tiny Tim rather than just Tim? <laughs> like, it's a bit mean. Like, you don't, you know, call somebody with Parkinson's disease like Shaky Sam. Like, I mean, it's just it's a bit mean. <laughs> Like, I don't think this is politically correct to call this poor sick child, who's probably like 20, but has a disease, Tiny Tim. Like, it's not right. It's better than calling him athlete's foot, Tim. (laughs) Jamie, you need to take a break. (laughs) Jamie's lost it. Okay, I'm good. Okay. Um, <laughs> Again, what she said when she got pregnant. Uh, there's a couple of scenes that happen here with the ghost of Christmas yet to come, including. <laughs> aren't we mature? <laughs> the ghost of Christmas future, where you see that there's a funeral and they talk about whoever's dying. It's probably a cheap funeral. He's dying. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> Dad, like a door now. That is a line in the movie. <laughs> okay, I need to stop. Okay. Um, Gonzo and uh, Rizzo take a break because they say they're too scared uh, for even them. Folks, we'll see you at the finale. Uh, we get people selling all of, we find out it's Scrooge later, but selling all the stuff from the dead man to a giant weird spider. I don't know why they made this creep. This, this thing is creepy too. Uh, and then he says, can you take me somewhere pleasant like the Cratchit's house? Um, and when they get there, you realize Tiny Tim is dead, Jamie! <laughs> Children dying! Don't laugh about that, that's not Oh, funny. that's inappropriate. <laughs> that's very hurtful. They're not getting their heads blown off like last week, though, that's sad. <laughs> um, one other complaint I'm going to have here, just about the flow of the story, is that this is supposed to be about Scrooge's redemption, and we get these scenes where it's him realizing, okay, this somebody's funeral, they're selling somebody's stuff, it looks like mine, take me to the Cratchit house, Tommy Tim's dead. And then he comes back and he says, whose grave is it? Whose grave is it? It's just, I feel like you should have had the Tiny Tim scene first, and then the stuff with him dying, because it's just back and forth, and all of a sudden they come back to him dying. Michael Caine's performance, though, again, incredible. Like, I'm criticizing this movie, legitimately criticizing things in this movie. I understand it's meant to be a kid's movie or whatever. But, like, Michael Caine's giving the performance of his life here. And he would go on to win the Oscar for Cider House Rules, like, well-deserved. But I will say, up until this point, this is one of the greatest performances Michael Caine's ever had. And I've gone back and watched a lot of Michael Caine movies over the years. Even when he had dark hair and less wrinkles and you could barely tell it was him. But this is one of the best performances he's ever given. Um, we'll kind of stop before he wakes up here. We'll kind of do that as the finale stuff. So goes to Christmas, present and yet to come. Well, in all fairness about Michael Caine, um, he's pretty much the only human in this movie. So it's not like he really has other uh, people to, um, you know, give him uh, a, a run for his money. Uh, but I'm not disagreeing with you, though. Um Going back to sort of the point about you meant to, he's meant to go over seeing his life and sort of realizing that he's an asshole. So, hey, cool. I'm going to change and be happy. 
like, what changes in the present to really make him be nice? Because this is a guy who is willing to let his workers freeze to death and not have extra coal, come into work on Christmas Day, and yet he sees little old limpy tiny Tim and the crotchets with no food, and then that all of a sudden tugs at his heartstrings? Like, I don't believe it. This is a guy who doesn't want to give money to charity. He says at the beginning of the movie that these sick people should be dying. It makes it easier on society, and that he just clicks. Um... I, I forgot to mention, I do absolutely love Miss Piggy. Probably my favourite Muppet. Um, Muppet or, uh, Miss Piggy or Animal are my favourite Muppets. I love Animal. Uh, or Beaker, cause Beaker's, it kind of sounds like me. Um, but anyway, and the little Miss Piggy kids are cute. That's just what I want to say. Um, but yeah, the future stuff, like, uh, I, I like the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Ah, <laughs> come. Um, cause it's <laughs> creepy looking and I guess that's the point of it. Um, but yeah, like, Jamie, I think you said at the beginning, like, this can't be that long into the future, because, like, Mike, uh, Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy haven't aged that much. Um, so, like, he doesn't yep, have long to live. The next year. Like, Scrooge, and like, what? Like, they don't, so, basically the point of this movie is, Scrooge, because he becomes happy, will live longer, and Tiny Tim will get cured because Scrooge is happy. Okay? No. Tiny Tim <laughs> is still sick. And Scrooge is still old. They're still dying. Like a year see, later. See, that's the lesson: is that if you're miserable, you'll you'll die of some terrible disease, and then if you're happy, you won't. No, no, no. If you're miserable, little children will die of terrible diseases. <laughs> that too. <laughs> um. So I don't understand the logic behind <laughs> this. You know how it all turns about, but um. Yeah, I don't really have a whole lot more to add. I was like, Mallory cried in the scene when we find out that Tiny Tim died. Um, Did she know it was coming? She didn't know. She'd never seen Mother's Christmas Carol. She'd seen Christmas Carols before, but... um, I mean, like, okay, in all fairness, though, like, I'm not trying to mock her because the way that scene is done is, I mean, it's, it tugs at your heartstrings a bit. I mean, Jamie, you watched this movie five times an hour when you were a kid. I don't know. Did, do you get emotional when he's talking about looking up on the hill over the fish or whatever the hell he's talking about? What? Looking over the hill? Well, the, the tiny Tim speech. The oh. tiny Tim speech. No, I mean, I don't know. I I never was really a softy for anything like that. Oh, please. You cry at every movie. Well, I do now because I'm pregnant and I'm crazy. <laughs> Is that no. really the reason behind that, Colin? Or <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Lots of hormones going on. Okay, cool. No, but, um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I never really uh, cried at it. I mean... I don't know, like, I told you earlier, you know, this this movie, it's it's everything, though. It's not just that one scene, but it's everything when the whole thing comes together. You know, it's like a picture that somebody's drawn, and you can see the whole picture now. That the whole thing in the end where you see, uh, obviously, the consequences of things not going so well, and then everything ending well, that um, that's really what gives me that Christmas warm you know, oh, I just had hot chocolate feeling. <laughs> or your water just broke. <laughs> or that. <clears throat> or that. Anything else you want to comment on the end of the movie here? Or <laughs> up, uh, the ghosts? No, like, just just kind of to reiterate what I was saying earlier with how I, you know, found 
kind of a little bit sad to think about, uh, not just this story, because obviously it's across the board, but he's already an old man at this point once this all happens. And like I said, he doesn't have long left to live. So that that's kind of a little bit sad for him. He wasted his whole life. Like, how old is Scrooge supposed to be? Like, he has to be at least probably 65. Well, how old was Michael Caine when this came out? Well, that doesn't matter. <laughs> what do you mean it doesn't matter? He's the man playing Scrooge. This movie came out 26 years ago. Uh, man, he was not that old. He was like 59 when he made this movie. It yeah. shows. <laughs> I, I would have thought he was a lot older. Well, no, but I, I'm saying just in general, I think the character is supposed to be about 65 because okay, I get you. because they, you know, just on based on who he is, I don't think he would probably ever stop working. Okay, but this is again one of the problems, and and I, I know there's going to be people who will be thinking it's just a kids movie or whatever, but like. You're doing a kids movie as a straight adaptation. They're literally including Charles Dickens' original dialogue for these characters, and the jokes are minimal. And yet, in other versions, they make it where they even go out of their way to say Scrooge lived for many more years happily after this because he changed his entire life. They even say that he wanted to help Tiny Tim, which would explain how Tiny Tim lives, because he's like, I'll help you financially, I'll do whatever I can for you and your family. That's all left out of here. Here, all he does is he buys him a turkey and then gives him more coal for the office, neither of which are going to benefit Tiny Tim, because Tiny Tim's not the one freezing to death at work. And you get <laughs> the giving one with coal for Christmas? That's an insult at Christmas. Yeah, like. let's, let's talk about that too, because when he wakes up and he's, you know, oh, I'm so happy, uh, um... Yeah, I also love that he says that the ghosts all did it one night, which is a flaw because in the original book and some of the versions of the story, they make it where they're appearing one night after the other. And it's supposed to be like as if he wakes up for what an entire day passes and all of a sudden, oh, it's the next night. But that's too complicated to really show in a kid's movie. So they make it here that, oh, well, it's all supposed to be in one night. So then he says they accomplished this all in one night. It's like. Yeah, the Marley brothers said that they were going to. A uh, little bit <laughs> nitpicky there. But um, when he has this change of heart and everything, and he you know says to the little boy, like, uh, you know, buy the biggest turkey or whatever, uh, and I'll give you this. Like, he's giving this kid a lot of money. What I don't even know how much he said it was, but I'm sure it was a lot of money because this kid freaks out. I think he said five shillings. Yeah, and then he gift wraps coal for his bookkeepers which is supposed to be a nice gesture because they were so cold but isn't this like if you're bad santa will give you coal in your stocking like he's basically telling them they're terrible employees this is their annual performance appraisal and they failed in 2018 that is that is a that is a lawsuit yeah exactly like if if my christmas bonus comes in and it's a bag full of coal i'm finding another job he's still finding ways to save money though because you know a real employer would just say yeah use more coal and and find them something actually nice as a present but he's like no i can kill two birds with one yeah exactly (laughs) still (laughs) he could have bought them them all turkeys too uh and then then just told tell them to actually use more coal yeah (laughs) um my favorite part of the movie, though, like, I- I'm glad you mentioned Miss Piggy being your favorite, Ben, because I've always said Miss Piggy was my very favorite yeah, Muppet. Like, yeah, Jamie is. knows, like, by far my favorite Muppet. Uh, and the you, moment you, where... You love Mean Girls. Any Mean Girl you it, love. There's something in children's movies. If there's, like, a, a children's movie with a mean girl, like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Who's that really mean girl in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Violet, uh, the purple one. Vi- yeah, my, Beauregard. my favorite character by far. 
if there's like a mean girl, it's something about children's entertainment where a girl is really mean. The same thing too with Sailor Mars for Sailor Moon. There you go. Like uh. anything where it's children's entertainment and a girl is being mean to people. I just think it's hilarious. That's I don't know why, why. you're with Jamie. There it is. <laughs> yes. Jamie is Miss Piggy. Can I also say that? <laughs> oh, that's not what I was <laughs> saying. <laughs> Yo, she, oh, no she, fairness. I, I wish she, I was with Miss Piggy. I'm that's that's a to, you know that's not a that's a compliment, not an insult. I'm trying to back this up in a way where it doesn't sound like I just called my wife a pig. Uh, <laughs> what my point is is that the way that she's always like attacking Kermit, like Jamie will do that same thing to me. You know, she'll just literally allegedly or um the way that she's always fawning over. Kermit. Basically, I'm saying that you're in love with me, Jamie, because I'm so amazing. But I, I you would, do have Miss Piggy tendencies. But up. I would be that way with anybody that I love. Yeah, like Michael Caine oh, or uh, Reed, the Ghost or of Chris Hugh Jackman or Chris Pine or Chris Pratt or Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> I'm a very, I'm a very touchy feely person. Yeah, you were Again, Miss Piggy. How you got pregnant? That's how. <laughs> It's all me. But this scene where they show up at the door... <laughs> I don't uh, deny and... that for a fact, Jamie. They definitely owe you. <laughs> the scene where they show up at the door, though... Colin favorite... has nothing to say. <laughs> this is my favorite part of the movie. Making me uncomfortable. <laughs> you can, he can't say the S-E-X words. How do you ever even get him naked? Like, how does it happen? <laughs> a lot for him to take his shirt off. Okay, anyways... <laughs> I love chest hair. Okay, I can't my, help my it. Okay, let me let me defend myself here because you're making it seem like I'm ashamed to myself being seen shirtless. I've got like extremely sensitive skin. Like like I am so ticklish that literally anything if I take off my shirt, that brush of me tongue take off my shirt is like <laughs> I'll tickle you. Okay, please don't. Let's Does he shower with your clothes on. <laughs> no. Anyways, um, when Scrooge is at the door and Miss Piggy's like, uh, uh, you know, you can get out of my house. And he's like, I'm only here to say you don't have to say anything. And then he's like, uh, I'm going to raise your salary. Or right before he says that, or he's, what does he say? Something, I'm going to raise. I'm going to raise. And, then, and she's and like, then, I'm, I'm about to raise, raise you, you right off the pavement. pavement. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, raise your salary. And she's like, ah, Mr. Scrooge. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why I had an accent when I did that. <laughs> Mr. Scrooge! Mr. Scrooge! <laughs> <laughs> what country is that from? Um, Macedonia. I want to bring up something funny Jamie mentioned here. Uh, just going back to me sympathizing with Scrooge in this movie. When the rabbit is carrying the turkey behind Scrooge as he's doing his song. And this song I did like. I couldn't sing it for you now, but I liked this song. Don't worry, uh, Michael Caine couldn't sing it either, so it's fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> This is like Pierce Brosnan and Mamma Mia. Things just, just shouldn't happen in a musical. <laughs> but um, Jamie asked me, why is he making the rabbit carry the turkey? And do you remember what my answer was to you? Because he's paying him. Yeah, he paid him. <laughs> he paid him a lot of money. Like, make that rabbit work for his money. He, he, you know, he, he's, still, he's still... He's an old man. He's still watching his money. Yeah, he's an old man. Don't make the old man carry it when there's a perfectly good bunny rabbit there. And like, he's got a year left to leave, all right? Just like... <laughs> I like to how sanitary is it, though, to be carrying around this turkey on a platter where your hands could touch the raw meat at any point? Like, why didn't they wrap it up at least it's for them? No, there's a freezer outside. It's London. Bunny, they eat much worse things. <laughs> don't, oh, they just eat vegetables. Um, they probably don't. They, they eat better than we do. Um, <laughs> um, uh, anything else here? Yeah, so he... and 
Okay, his cousin, or not his cousin, his nephew gets gypped here. Like, the real ending of the story, and they have changed this from time to time, but the real end of the story is that he anonymously gives this stuff to Bob Cratchit. And then he shows up for Christmas dinner with his nephew, and that, that's like the big emotional ending. He's like, can you please forgive, you know, a stubborn old man? And he's like, I love you, uncle. And that's the ending. Here, he shows up at his house and he hands them these tiny packages, which, by the way, just look like they're wrapped cold cuts. Like, he bought a turkey for his employee who's already got the day off with pay, <laughs> I also mentioned, and he gave cold cuts to his nephew that he didn't even attend the wedding of. Yeah, but you're stuck with family, so you don't have to give them he as He didn't good. even go to dinner at his house. I mean, granted, his nephew basically called him unwanted, but it's just a little bit cruel. Um, anyways, and then they end the movie with what? My favorite line ever. Uh, they say that Tiny Tim didn't die, and God bless us, everyone! <laughs> You know, you're so loud that I think the babies can probably hear you. <laughs> they probably can. The end, A Christmas Carol. Um, Rated R+. <laughs> I, can I just point out the elephant in the room here that this is a guy who everybody knows is his grumpy asshole. Okay? Like, that's his... That is his... Everyone knows him purely for that. So he wakes up on Christmas morning and he's happy and buzzing and giving money to charity and giving turkeys out and lumps of coal... Like, people legitimately think this guy is high or drunk or something. Like, there's, there's, I don't get why people are just so accepting of this straight away. Like, think of the happiest person you know. Think of Alex Morella, our former Oslet. He is the happiest guy in the world. Doesn't matter what happens, he is smiling and he can find positives in everything. If all of a sudden he woke up and was like, fuck life, I hate everything, this is the worst thing, we don't think something's wrong. Like, we're gonna have concerns. Like this Let's is a complete the most opposite. miserable person we know. Like former Oslet Jared Elliott. Yeah. If he woke up like Scrooge one day, I thought you'd calling like some doctors, a rehab clinic, something. I thought you were going to mention that girl. I thought she's the most Kristen? miserable. Kristen? Oh, Kristen. <laughs> yes. Kristen stops christening. She's like, she's happy. She's like, oh, I'm so happy to talk about Survivor this week. I loved it. I've got quotes. I know exactly what buy it, rent it, and bin it means. Oh, I love the Oz Network. Yay. We do like Kristen. What's wrong? But to to kind of comment on what you said there, it is actually kind of funny to really think about that, that people wouldn't just kind of have like the side eye and just be like, should I be scared right now that he's actually being so nice? Like, is he, is he all of a sudden going to snap and just start shooting everybody up with yeah. like a, <laughs> like this, you know, automatic rifle or something like that? But and like the other, no, go ahead, the other thing is, are, you know, are they only being nice to him because they know, hey, this guy's rich, and if we're nice, he'll give us money too. Yeah, <laughs> very <laughs> good point. The next day, is he get to work, and is he still all happy, or like is it just is he woken up? It's like, oh, bam, bam, that was terrible. <laughs> like, you know, it's that like person who wanted to get an extension on his loan the next day. Oh, remember I told you you couldn't. Now you can. Yeah, everything's good in the world. We're gonna get into further debt, and we're gonna be late in payments, and then his company's gonna be in debt because no one's paying their loans off because he's Mister Nice now. And then what happens to the verb of being a Scrooge? Now you associate that with being happy, not ha- not sad, grumpy. Good news, crystal meth for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> this is how Breaking Bad started. <laughs> Scrooge's nephew Parents is Jesse Pinkman. Do not, let your, do not let your children listen to this. <laughs> Jamie. Your turn, Jamie. <laughs> oh, is it my turn? Oh, yeah, no, I, you know, it's kind of funny, though, to think about what you guys are saying. Like, is is he just actually going to be happy now, or is he literally just saving his happiness for one day a year, and then he's just going to be an a-hole for the rest of the <laughs> 364 days? 
What happens at Easter? Does he hate Easter more than Christmas? (laughs) (laughs) What about when Arbor Day rolls around? Like, (laughs) does he have Arbor Day issues? Arbor Day? What is that? (laughs) What's Arbor Day? It's a thing. Oh, okay. It's like like a day where you celebrate harbors, but you just take away the H and it's Arbor. That joke failed. Move along. Arbor Day, a holiday in which individuals and groups are encouraged to plant trees. Oh, okay. Can't wait for that day. <laughs> Weird. Strange. Oh, so that's all you have to add on your favorite Christmas movie that you suggested? Did you listen to everything that I added in this Okay, episode? please quit. Yeah, penises, sex. Uh... <laughs> what if they did like like a Sunday Muppet Night sex show? <laughs> I'd watch that. Can we also, just like Google wanna... Muppet sex and see what it comes up with? <laughs> Please don't. I'm pretty sure the government will be watching you more after that. <laughs> Muppet Who's knocking at your door now? <laughs> You're actually doing this. Um, yeah, it's not that bad. There's all this. <laughs> a picture of Kermit it's the Frog spreading his hole where people put their hand in. That's an interesting picture. <laughs> uh, we're so sorry, everybody. We're so sorry all the parents out there. I just had a thought pop into my head. It's kind of probably a wrong thought, but... Oh, it would no. not be the first one. So, you know how people have like you're talking about Gonzo and stuff like that. How he has like a chicken fetish. I wonder if there's people on this earth that actually exist that have fetishes for Muppets. Yeah, they're called pussies. Ben just shared the picture. Looks like it's big enough for uh, the Ghost of Christmas Present. <laughs> Colin, you're good at Kermit impressions. What does he sound like when he's finishing? I am not finishing that sentence. I, I found a picture here that says, 10 gay Muppets, fuck the world! <laughs> oh, boy. Um. So, anyways, this movie came out in 1992 after an eight-year absence of the Muppets. I don't know when the Muppets TV show ended, but the last Muppets movie was 1984. Uh, and this did, I guess, revive the Muppets somehow, which, when you look at the box office dollars, it's hard to imagine that it did. Um, This movie, uh, opening weekend, let's start with that. So, it comes out right around Christmas time, like December 11th. Why am I afraid to see this? (laughs) (laughs) Do not Google feeling froggy. Is that how you imagine Miss Piggy's anatomy, Jamie? I want to look like that if I'm Miss Piggy. <laughs> uh, so, Muppet Christmas Carol comes out December 11th, uh, opens sixth at the box office, so it didn't even crack the top five. And at one point, like, the Muppets was, like, a huge franchise. So for a big comeback, you know, the first thing they did after Jim Henson's death, obviously that must have been considered a disappointment at the time. Um, the movies that beat at the box office were The Distinguished Gentleman with Eddie Murphy in its second week, Aladdin in its fifth week, The Bodyguard in its third week, Home Alone 2 Lost in New York in its fourth week, and A Few Good Men, which opened number one that weekend. I guess when you look at it in comparison and you say The Muppets Christmas Carol, this Christmas classic, didn't even open in the top five, and it only made $5 million on its opening weekend, you'd think that was bad. But when you do look at the top four movies especially, A Few Good Men, Home Alone 2, The Bodyguard, Aladdin... I mean, three out of those four movies, or actually I think four out of those movies, were among the highest grossing of that entire year. But if you look, though, at that list that you just pulled up, um, 
the next highest uh, um, draw is just under $2 million. So that's a pretty big jump. I think it, it, it is pretty close to number five. Yeah, but, okay, but even if it was, it, it's not a big success. Let's. It was amazing. Okay, but it's let's amazing. consider that the they did a couple more Muppet movies after this, and when they rebooted the Muppets the next time in 2011, it opened with $60 million. So obviously there were Muppet fans out there. This movie just didn't capitalize on it. When you look at the competition, I think it is fair to say that's why it didn't open as well as it did. You know, I just said out of those top movies, how many of uh, them beat – Aladdin, number one movie of the year. Home Alone 2, number two movie of the year. A Few Good Men, number five movie of the year. Bodyguard, number seven movie of the year. So four of the movies, four of the five movies that beat the Muppets that weekend were among the top seven highest grossing movies of the year. And two of them were the top two highest grossing movies of the year. I'm looking so, at the top, the top movies of 1992, the G-rated movies. And like Aladdin, number one, $217 million for the year. Then there's a big, massive drop of basically $200 million to The Muppet Christmas Carol, <laughs> the second highest rated G uh, earning. That made $27 million. So, I mean, not a this good year for a- G-rated movies uh, in 1992. Yeah. Followed by Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest, and <laughs> a reissue oh, and of Rock-a-Doodle. Pinocchio. Rockadoodle. <laughs> I love Rockadoodle. And oh, Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland coming soon to the Oz Network. That that is an interesting point though that like this was the second highest grossing G-rated movie and it made 190 million dollars <laughs> less than Aladdin. And just to put that in comparison, this is the 47th highest grossing movie of the year, 1992. The movies that made more money than this were Stop or My Mom Will Shoot with so that's just the bonus. <laughs> Uh, Final Analysis, Three Ninjas, and Sleepwalkers. Um, Now, I did this on past episodes to kind of put this in perspective of what does $27 million look like or the 47th highest grossing movie of 1992. What does that look like in terms of modern day? Well, looking at 2017, the 47th highest grossing movie of that year was the Lego Ninjago movie, like a B movie of the Lego franchise. Shape of Water was 46. A Dog's Purpose was 45. <laughs> a Baywatch was 48. So Baywatch was, was considered also, like the Muppets, a big TV franchise making a comeback, considered a bomb. There's no way to get around it. I mean, this movie disappointed the box office. How it became such a Christmas classic, I'm not sure. That's not a knocking as a movie. That's just saying, even if you look at the Muppet series, this is the sixth highest grossing Muppet movie out of only eight theatrical Muppet movies. Uh, Muppets Take Manhattan, which came out eight years prior, made less than $2 million less. So this is basically on level with the last Muppet movie eight years prior to this. Um, the Great Muppet Caper from, what, like 11 years prior to this outgrossed it. Muppets Treasure Island is fourth. Muppets Most Wanted, which is the worst Muppet movie ever, two. The Muppet Movie, like I said, the the reboot, um, that was second. And then the original, or sorry, the Muppet Movie, the original one, and then the reboot ended up as the number one Muppet movie. Uh, so box office, I guess, you know, it was never really here for this. Muppet Treasure Island did better business than this. Um, Jamie, did you see this when it was in the theaters, or was this just a video thing for you? Video. None of us contributed to the box office grosses of this movie. Sorry, Sorry everyone. I need to go to the washroom, so I'm out. Peace. Okay, I'm, you will you will come I'm, back though. I'm I'm pregnant, so you, you will gone. come back. It doesn't take you that long to go to the bathroom. Um, Can I just point out the um, just quickly looking at the parents' mm-hmm. guide, which was being thrown out the window for this episode anyway. Um, but on IMDb, <laughs> so we have sex and nudity. None. This is a G-rated picture. 
Violence and gore, mild. There are several instances of comedic violence, although all the victims remain unharmed since they are Muppets. Profanity, <laughs> damn, can be heard once. Also, there is one use of good lord. Scrooge's clerks complain that their assets are frozen. In one scene, <laughs> Beaker raises a finger as though flipping Scrooge off. However, it is not clear if it was meant to be taken that way, since he is a Muppet and only has four fingers. Alcohol, drugs and smoking, none. Frightening and intense scenes. The story of A Christmas Carol can be dark at times, but there is hardly anything intense or too scary for kids, since this is a Muppet movie. The build-up of Scrooge encountering the ghosts of his former business partners can be a bit scary for some young children. And the scenes involving the ghosts of Christmas yet to come, depicted as a dark-hooded wreath, a uh, wraith, rat, wrath, with no wraith. face, might be scary for some children. <laughs> so, there's no swearing in it, and keywords, um, narrator on screen month coming soon to Oz Network. Oh, uh, hold on. I found a good one on this. Uh, I'm excited. <laughs> okay, so, uh, I don't know about you, but um, what's my favorite movie featuring disability? That would be A Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> Which, by the way, is not number one. Uh, Scott it's by Scott Scraper. <laughs> disability Month coming soon. To the yes. <laughs> ER is on here. Forrest Gump. <laughs> uh, Doctor Strange. Look, It's pretty far down the list. Star Wars Episode 4, New Hope. Who has a disability in Star Wars Episode 4, New Hope? Um, <laughs> Darth Vader? Because he's got a brain issue. <laughs> um, I cannot believe that there are more options for talking fruit titles. But there are Muppet Christmas Girls, number one, followed by Coconut Fred's Fruit Salad Island and Strawberry Shortcake Meets the Berrykins. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, the Oz Network's Mixed Marriage Month. Um, featuring the top four of The Nanny, Bewitched, (laughs) Munich, and I Dream of Genie. (laughs) 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 Santa? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And of course, we have to end it off on the upcoming dedicated month we have to Why Are We Whispering Month? Which features The Muppets Christmas Carol, The Muppets Wizard of Oz, Crook's Tour, and As the World Turns, Season uh, 30, Episode 65. Finally, that will get the credit it deserves. And Smallville, pilot episode, Why Are We Whispering? This is a thing on IMDb. I like. I would love for anybody listening to this, which we don't have anybody, but like, who edits the keywords? Who is this anal person sitting down for the Muppets Christmas Carol? Oh, we really need uh, whispering month, uh, whispering category. Uh, oh, talking fruit. Better go get all the talking fruit movies and put them up there. Can I just uh, suggest we need more movies with disabilities because there are only 50 movies. Wait, there's 955. It only displays 50 on the page. I think, we can go I, for years. I think one, like each year, we need to pick a month of the year where kind of we're struggling to come up with ideas and literally yep. just choose a random keyword, like a disability, <laughs> and just do the top four movies. <laughs> Muppets Christmas Carol is 44 on Disability Month. It beat out Mac and Me and is just behind Radio with Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> oh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Month is definitely going to feature Radio. <laughs> yes! What a movie. Um, <laughs> anyways, so critics' uh, response to this, uh, it currently holds 74% on Rotten Tomatoes, 85% for audience score. Uh, so I guess 
the reviews of this are decent, not uh, great. Just a couple of them here. Uh, Siskel and Ebert. Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars. Um, he said it could have done with a few more songs than it has, and the merrymaking at the end might have been carried on a little long, just to offset the gloom of Moses Scrooge's tour through his lifetime spent spreading misery. Uh, his partner, Gene Siskel, though, gave it a thumbs down, uh, said he was favorable towards Michael Caine's performance. So nothing but praise for Michael Caine. I think that's probably the legacy of this movie more than anything else. There are people who um, uh, will claim this is like a Christmas classic, even though I don't think it is. Uh, but I don't think I've ever heard anybody say anything bad about Michael Caine's performance. So I, I think that's the one thing we're all going to be in agreement on before we give our ratings here is that regardless of what we do with this movie, can we all say that it is a buy it for Michael Caine's performance at least? Yes. Jamie, yes. Jamie, Jamie's <laughs> showing me Oil of Olay body wash commercial on Instagram. Is I was showing place? you... I was showing him the commercial because he really has a thing for black girls. Okay, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 sorry, I'm sorry I'm not black. <laughs> black girl month coming soon to the old network. <laughs> ben has Colin, the edit Colin, on this. Colin wants to review that month. Oh, that's not being edited. That's staying in. You know, I'm just... The amount of times that we record episodes together and I'm saying to Jamie, Jamie, I'm cutting that. You, you have to wait till Ben had all the power here, Jamie. Yep. <laughs> Anyways. So is, is that what you do, Jamie, to get pregnant? You just basically, you know, um, <laughs> dress up as somebody like Beyonce or something like that? And then just... Don't answer that question. Don't answer that question. <laughs> well, actually, so it's Rihanna, enough. not Beyonce. My bad. <laughs> I was going to say, funny enough, Colin doesn't really like uh, Beyonce. It's Rihanna. Uh, Whack on a bit of Ponder Replay, some umbrella. <laughs> you want to get under my okay. umbrella, Colin? Ella, Ella, <laughs> A, A, A. Hand in front of my mouth. It is a right. Canadian song umbrella, actually, the more I think about it. Ella, A, A, A. <laughs> Um, what are we going to do with this movie? Are we going to buy it, rent it, or bin it? Are buy we... it, obviously. I know you were going to say that. Can you give a reason why? Because it's amazing. Why is it amazing? It's amazing. Why? It's amazing. Why? It's amazing. Okay. It's it's good. It's I'll amazing. S- I'll say this. I will... I can't buy this. I, I came into this episode expecting I was going to because I always remembered loving all the Muppets movies and, you know, when you would... I don't know if, if somebody would ask, what is your favorite Muppet movie? I would always say Muppets take Manhattan, uh, the new Muppet reboot, even the original Muppet movie. But I would have put this in the same category. It's not like a bad Muppet movie like Muppets from Space or Muppets Most Wanted. But I would have put this kind of in the middle. And I probably still would do the same as far as ranking it. But it does not hold up to those better Muppet movies like the Muppet movie, Muppets take Manhattan or The Muppets from 2011. So... I think it looks great. Michael Caine's performance is great. The story is okay. It's not as funny as it should be. It's not as, I guess, emotional as it should be. I'll rent it. Okay, question for you. Uh, because If you, Rihanna was starring it, I would buy so, it. Sorry, I know I'm cutting in, but Brayden has to talk here for a second. So with the Muppet movie, okay, besides the Christmas one, my favorite one is the one where they're like traveling and then there's that big guy chasing. That's no, the no, Muppet hold, movie. Hold, hold on. They're chasing them, and then and then they're singing with uh, I think it's the bear, and he he goes moving right along. Do, do, yeah, do, 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 that's Fozzie. Do, 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 do. Yeah, which one is that? That's the Muppet movie. I answered that question it, as it, soon as you started just, and said the traveling. Okay, but one. which Muppet movie? The Muppet movie. It's called the Muppet. 
the original Muppet movie. That's my favorite one. Okay. <laughs> but besides the Christmas one, I mean. All right. Ben. The Chris- Christmas one is my favorite Muppet movie. Um, which Muppet <laughs> movie? Which, which one? Which, the, the one with the Christmas Muppet movie. Yeah, but which one's that one? <laughs> Christmas Carol. <laughs> they did do it. Jamie was at the store today, and she pointed out another, like, it's a very merry Muppet Christmas. And I told her, don't get that. That one's bad. <laughs> I think um, it has old- <laughs> It's, like, it's, again, I think I had a better uh, feeling on this movie when I was younger. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't really hold up as well as I thought it did in terms of my memory. So, uh, I'm going to rent it. Um yeah, I mean, look, if we're ranking our Christmas movies right now, this is the middle one. Santa Slay <laughs> is a much better movie than this. <laughs> you have to see Santa Slay, Jamie. You'll get it. Can, can I ask you one question? It's no. kind of another like weird one with Muppets. The ones that are clearly supposed to be boys, if they're supposed to be boys, why don't they have this? An Adam's apple? Yeah. Because they're oh, Muppets? I thought you were talking about something else there. <laughs> Jeez. What if I just described Jamie's making a stroking gesture <laughs> her throat? Uh, um, I well, look. I don't know. I, this is what I was trying to ask before. I don't get Muppet anatomy and how this world works with Muppets and humans. And <laughs> I mean, Mallory had the same questions. Did Mallory give a rating on this? Uh, she said it was okay. She said it wasn't her favorite uh, version of this, um, but she also said that Santa with muscles was better than Santa Slay. So you know. Oh come on! <laughs> By the way, that's another part of, on, on a guy that's like really hot. This is their Adam's apple. <laughs> but the it can't lump be on like... their the lump on their neck. Mmm, so sexy. <laughs> but I, I find Adam's apple is very attractive on women. <laughs> I always ask Colin, I'm like, why do guys have Adam's apples? And he says, because Eve haters. <laughs> no, that was a joke my cousin used to tell us. Uh, like, when I say cousin, he was basically like a couple years younger than my mom. So like uncle, I guess. Uh, we would ask, well, why do boys have Adam's apples? And he'd say, because Eve was smart enough to chew hers. That was his joke. Well, my, my question is always, why do men have nipples? And I've never had a valid answer for that. <laughs> that that's just because... Uh... They have them before uh, all of the hormones start to change. Okay. Because every baby starts off kind of the same. And then around, I can't remember how many weeks the hormones Certain kick things in. start to grow on the then boys. Why don't I have yeah. a vagina? Yeah, because something grew in its place. Because the, but the some nub people have part both. Down, no, the, the nub part down there isn't formed yet. But some people have both. I want both. But like for for example, when Casper was born, he had nipples he had a that were like le- no 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 he, he had nipples that were like leaking, and that's just because of like the the hormones my hormones from when he was inside of me. But it go no 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 but but it goes Did that like, happen or- that, yeah but that's normal for like all babies and it, no and it, you're right and it went away after I like I forgot a month. about that yeah because his nipples were hard. And we specifically looked up this thing where they were hard and they were leaking. And then it says, whatever you do, don't squeeze it. And that within a couple of weeks, you stop like. No, stop laughing. Within a couple of weeks, it'll go away on its own. She's not I'm like, sorry. I'm, I just, I, I'm glad I know I'm, this because I swear if I have a child and I've got a boy and its nipples are leaking, I would freak out. It's true because I had the same reaction. And then I would just come home every single day and ask Jamie, it's like, are his milk duds still leaking? She's like, stop calling them milk duds. <laughs> It's like a, they meet the parents. I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? <laughs> it's, a, it's a normal thing. Um, on that note, I have to go pick Casper up from daycare. Uh, Make where sure we're his nipples aren't leaking. 
we're going to be banned from life when anybody in that daycare hears this episode, so we apologize. Uh, <laughs> next week, I guess we're not 100% sure what we're covering because Mallory's choice is White Christmas, which I'm thrilled about, but we need to make sure that we can arrange this on a week where she can be there. So I'm guessing next week could be White Christmas. It could be Die Hard. It could be Jingle All the Way. Who knows? Well, I just want to point out uh, in 2018, it's actually been renamed to Caucasian Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that should be as funny as it is. You okay? So <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> I okay. I'm I'm from a state that has just passed a law that enables parents to choose whether or not they want to put their baby's gender on their birth certificate. So <sighs> there you go. <laughs> I don't. That's weird. Because some of their parts haven't grown in yet. And some yeah, of the boys apparently are the stiffly. baby, you can decide whether you're a male or a female. There you go, folks. It's, it's yep. Proud Tasmanian. Uh, so one of those three movies will be here uh, next week. We're not sure which one. Uh, I love all the movies. Um, Jamie, if you can't come are you, to a decision, would... we'll just do Santa Slay or The Room. It's that simple. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jamie, would you be joining us on any of the other episodes, Jingle All the Way, Die Hard, or White Christmas? Probably just White Christmas. Oh, Not on, even Jingle All the Way. way. Come on. <sighs> Maybe. You we'll double we'll time. See how I feel. You're a Scrooge. We'll see how I feel. I do love Arnie, but we'll see how I feel. So we will be here next week to talk about a movie that involves a Christmas. We have to get uh, the Rio movie, though. What? The Blame It on Rio movie. Oh, Blame It on Rio <laughs> coming next week on the Oz Network. <laughs> Um, so make sure to like us on Facebook. Don't unlike us. It was just Jamie. She won't be here next week. Um, subscribe to us on <laughs> Stitcher, iTunes, Google Podcasts. Um, we apologize to all those who have chosen to unsubscribe because of the content of today's episode. We hope we will see you back at some point in the future when Jamie's no longer here. Um, until next time, my name is Colin, and this episode has been rated 18A. And my name is Ben, and it was dumb! It was pointless! It was obvious! I loved it! And my name is Jamie, and I love beep! <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.